You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. The first two chapters of the tractate of Sukkah are about living in the Sukkah itself. The second two chapters of the tractate are about the lulav and the etrog and the four species and taking the four species. Sorry, the that the sorry the 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 first two are about living in the sukkah. The third one, the the next chapter, is about the four species taking the lulav and the etrog and shaking them. So the fourth chapter, and that's the chapter we're going to begin today. And by the way, not just the fourth chapter, but the fifth chapter. So the last two chapters of the tractate really deal with how, in practice, we celebrate the festival in the temple. So they are really memories of how the festival of Sukkot was celebrated when the temple stood. And they begin with an with an, an analysis of the timings just like by the way the first mishnah of um just like the first mishnah of megillah which begins by analyzing on what dates in the month the megillah could be read and we're going to analyze really for how long or for how many days we're going to celebrate in the temple with these different objects and these by the way are some at least one of the some of these objects are new objects that we haven't come across before because we are now in the Beit Migdash. Until now, we might have been in Galut. We might have been in Diaspora because we've been talking about the sukkah and we make a sukkah, you know, in Washington, D.C. or in London today. We've been talking about the lulav and the etrog and the species. And yeah, we take all these in London and Washington today. But we're going to start to encounter some activities that don't exist at all today we are really really in the world of the of the temple of the Beit Migdash. Lulav v'arava shisha v'shiva. The lulav and the willow are for six and seven and the Mishnah here is talking about six or seven days. Six or seven days of the feast. Ha-halel shmona. The halel reciting the halel and rejoicing are for eight for eight days. Sukkah venisuchamaim shiva. The sukkah that really refers to sitting in the sukkah and the water libation. They used to pour water on the altar. There was a special I mean we think about the sacrificial system as you know corn and and you know grains and animals but they on Sukkot they would pour water on the altar and of course Sukkot is the time that the world is judged for water. And I mean, not just the Jewish world. The whole world is judged for water on Sukkot. Anyway, they pour water on the altar on Sukkot. Vehechalil and the flute, chamishavishisha. The flute is going to be played at, there's in, there are fantastic celebrations when water is drawn to be poured on the altar and the flute is going to be played during those celebrations. So what is going on here? Well, lulav, we 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 know the lulav is going to be taken for. We we we're going to explore the lulav in a minute. Arava, what's the arava? What's the willow? And we're not talking here about the willow that is in the lulav. They would go down to the valley and they'd 
pick big willow branches and they they would um they'd hold them over the altar so the altar would have these were big these are willow branches probably two or three meters high higher than a person actually no even much much higher than that because the altar itself is two or three meters high they'd cover the altar with willow branches that they had cut from down below in the valley that when the Mishnah is talking about arava about willow that's what they're talking about they're not talking about the willow in the lulav um the halel the simcha the simcha the halel and the rejoicing are for eight how do we get eight out of this because it's a seven day festival and you might well ask i just wanted to bring you a pasuk a verse we are now in the parsha of Re. so we're in devarim and it actually it says explicitly you shall keep the feast of sukkot seven days after you gather in all your stuff so how do we get eight? Well, the the pesukim continue. You're going to rejoice in your feast, you and all the kind of disadvantaged, you know, perhaps socially distant people. The I mean, not just your son or your daughter, in other words, but your servant, your maidservant, the levy, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, all of the people who have basically no who might have no produce you rejoice with all of these people within your gates bisharecha in your houses and then the the torah repeats shivat yamim seven days we're going to keep a feast so what is going on right at the end the verse says veha'ita ach sameach but you're going to be ach sameach you're going to be altogether joyful and Rashi basically summarizes the um, he suffers the Sifre of Arim and the Gemara in in um, Sukkah. The Gemara is, going, is actually quoting from Sifre of Arim. So Rashi is really summarizing Sifre of Arim, which is the halachic midrash, the halachic midrash on Sefer of Arim. And he quotes the end of the verse: You shall be altogether joyful. And he explains, Zelashon Sivui. Sorry, Lefib Shutor Ain Zelashon Sivui. According to its plain sense, this is not a command. Eila Lashon Haftacha is just an assurance. You're going to be fantastically joyful. But, or and, But, according to its interpretation, they learned out from here, they derived from here to include the night before the last day of the festival. Le simcha, in the obligation of rejoicing. So in other words, we rejoice not for seven days, but for eight days. So that includes Shibani Yatzeret or what is now Simcha Torah. So that's how we get the eight days for Simcha. Let's have a look at how we get the seven days for Lulav and for the Willow, and then we'll carry on with these calculations tomorrow. Lulav Shiva Ketzad. Lulav for seven. How does that work? Yom Tov Arishon Shechag Shechal Yom Shabbat Lulav Shiva. If the first day of festival fell on Shabbat, the Lulav is for seven days. Now we're in the temple here. 
So outside, outside the temple, we don't take lulav on Shabbat. The um, the sages forbade it. But inside the temple, we will take the lulav on Shabbat on the first day of the festival because it's a mitzvah deraita. Ulukachtem lachem by Yom Harishon. You shall take for yourselves on the first day. It's the first verse that we looked at when we started looking at chapter two, uh, chapter three of the tractate. It's a command from the Torah to take the lulav on the first day and inside the temple where they weren't afraid of people carrying the lulav in the public domain inside the temple they would take the lulav on Shabbat on the first day so if the first day of, of Sukkot fell on Shabbat then you could get seven whole days of taking the lulav inside the temple that's how you get seven and on any other day it would just be six because they would not take the lulav in the temple on the on Shabbat outside the first day. Outside the first day, it's not a it's not a mitzvah from the Torah. So even even in the temple, they didn't take the lulav on Shabbat except on the first day. So that's how lulav can be either seven or six days. Lulav shiva ushar koliyamim shisha. If the first day of the festival doesn't fall on Shabbat, it's six days. The Mishnah then goes on. The willow for seven. How does that work? Um, let, let's just check back with our Mishnah, actually, because the, the, the Mishnah has, is just being quoted short, shortly. The Mishnah said, Lulav v'arava shisha v'shiva. A lulav and willow for six and for seven. And of course, we saw... That the love that the, we saw the lulav can be either six or seven, so we're now going to just explain how the the willow can be six or seven. Aravashiva ketsad. How how can the willow be seven? Yom shvi'i shalarava shechaliyot b'shabbat. Aravashiva. If the seventh day of the willow fell on Shabbat then the willow would be for seven days. So unlike the lulav, where the special mitzvah is on the first day, for the willow, the special mitzvah is on the seventh day, what we would call Hoshana Rabbah. And of course, we do carry willows around shul on Hoshana Rabbah. And the willows we carry are, are, I mean, they look very much like the willows in our lulav, but these are not, these are, this is a different mitzvah. This is, these, are, these are not, this is not the mitzvah of putting the willow in the lulav. This is a different mitzvah. This is the mitzvah of putting the, the willows up over the altar. And it specially applies on the seventh day. And, you know, we don't have a verse for it. Very, very interesting. We override Shabbat for the lulav because we have a verse. You shall take for yourselves on the first day. But the mitzvah of the willow is It's an oral tradition, a verbal tradition that we have passed down from Moshe on Mount Sinai. We don't know where it comes from. We don't learn it from a verse. It's not a deriter. It's halacha le Sinai, and it seems to override Shabbat, at least in the temple. And it's an extraordinary idea that a verbal tradition overrides Shabbat, but that's that's the case. So, if the seventh day of the willow fell on Shabbat, 
the willow goes for seven days. Ushar kol hayamim shisha. Because on any other day other than the seventh day, we wouldn't break Shabbat for the willow. But we love the willow. We really love the mitzvah of willow. And I, I wanted to close, actually, with this little warning from the Jerusalem Talmud. Rabbi Simon. Rabbi, Rabbi Simon Mufaked le Elaine de Machshavin. Rabbi Simon ordered those who computed. They used to compute the calendar, right? They don't just play around with observing the Newman. They actually computed the calendar. And very interesting evidence, by the way, in the Jerusalem Talmud that the computation took primary was primary. Um, he would tell them, Yehavun da'atechon de'lot avdun lot kiyata b'shavta ve'lot aruvta b'shavta. Be re- put your mind, put your mind to not making the shofar blowing on Shabbat, and not putting the willow on Shabbat, and. That means basically the first day of Rosh Hashanah should not fall on Shabbat because we can't blow. And of course, now this doesn't apply. Now this doesn't apply. We do have first day Rosh Hashanah on Shabbat. And don't put the willow on Shabbat, i.e. don't put Hashanah rubber on Shabbat. Hashanah rubber on Shabbat would mean first day Rosh Hashanah on Sunday. And I think we don't, we don't, we don't ever have first day Rosh Hashanah on Sunday, I don't believe. So that still holds. And that, by the way, tallies with his final words. If you're in trouble, if you're really pressed, if you're really pressed, you can put the shofar blowing on Shabbat, but do not put the willow on Shabbat. The willow is very precious mitzvah. We don't like to break Shabbat for it. And please, if you're setting the calendar, Please take care. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.